0: Beauty of editing. As like somebody hit me up, was like, "Hey, I didn't really like that." I'm like, "Out. I got you, dog." Yeah, you yeah, know what yeah. I'm saying? Well, in terms of that stuff you were talking about like not
1: going to pry and ask uncomfortable questions. Like in terms of like I I was a hustler my entire life. I yeah. been selling weed since I was 12. I will say that. But oh. if it's any weird question, I'll be like, sorry, not going to answer yeah, that. Yeah. I get no problem saying that. I'll be like, ex bro. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's only legal in Vermont. It's not federally legal.
0: <laughs> this podcast
1: is brought to you by the letter C, which stands for cannabis, but not Chris. That starts with a K. That's right. You are listening to nothing other than.
0: Canisations with Chris. Hold on one second. Yeah. I gotta start making sure my weed is lit before I do the countdown. Anyway, welcome to another episode of Cannabisations with Chris. I am your host, Chris. And what we like to do on this show is we like to uh, talk about cannabis and highlight the individuals in the cannabis community. And today, let's see. So I met this gentleman. Well, first I had been own his products before I even knew who you were. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. I was going I went when I first started not first started doing a podcast, but doing the podcast I started bouncing around looking at people's products. And I remember I went to one dispensary and you had a whole lineup. And I was like, okay, yeah. so this must be the man right here. <laughs> so I was like, let me get one of each one. And it was like, all right, I got the Octane 91, yeah. the Cardi B. Yes sir. Uh, what else? It was a whole bunch of, I think you had a peanut butter pie in there. We, we had a pancake breath. Pancake breath. Yes, that's sir. what it was. Yeah, pancake yeah, yeah, breath. Yeah. And uh, got them all, and then fast-forwarded to the Hetty's Cup. We got introduced. I seen you, yes, and I sir. confused you with somebody else. I don't remember who it was, but you was like, no, that's not me. I'm this person. And I was like, oh, shit. My bad, dog. <laughs> and then we fast-forwarded all the way to the Crab event when it was Gangsta Grass and all them. And I was, you know, running around. I was, you know, over in the little VIP area connected with these people. I was up on the hill with Nick and Dan, Nick from Forbin's and Dan from 1791. And and then, hey man, I try to surround myself with them, man. Yeah, And then I remember Hope was there, and I seen Hope and she was like, hey, you want a pre-roll? I was like, hell yeah. And she was like, Shane's about to go on. And I was like, who? And it was like, Shane from Old Growth? And I'm like, he rap? (laughs) And then, like, soon as I said that, you came on the stage and started delivering. Yes, sir. And it's crazy because people be saying the Vermont music scene, you know what I'm saying, is a a force to be reckoned with. And being from where I am, I'm like, you know, everybody says they're a force to be reckoned with. Yep. But then hearing you, and then I remember I was far away, and I'm deaf in one ear, but I was a good distance away, and I was like, okay, I know this guy. <laughs> I'm not here to judge him, but I want to listen to what he's saying. Yeah. And then I realized I don't, that was a freestyle, right?
1: A, a, lot, of a lot of it was. Yeah, a, a lot knew, of it was. I was. I knew it was a freestyle because yeah,
0: yeah. you started shouting out low-key. a low-key. 4 was out yeah. there. You started rapping about them, and I was like, yo, I don't know if he wrote this shit, but this shit's some fire, <laughs> you know what <laughs> I'm saying? And the whole thing, I remember I was up there taking flicks, and I was like, this the man. And I remember walking up to you and was like, damn, you killed that shit, and that was no gas. Like, yeah. I wasn't saying it because, one, it takes a lot to get on stage, yeah. like, just to perform. But then, to perform and be good at what you're doing, that's, like, even better. <laughs>
1: well, and I mean, I appreciate that greatly. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm a for lack of better words kind of like half hippie half redneck you know from yeah. Vermont that has been rapping for over 20 years so the people that approach me and say they really like it it's not you know a subsect of society that's a large percentage Hell you know yeah. what i mean so, yeah. when, so when someone appreciates my hip hop i'm like awesome
0: it's yeah. not everyone does and Bing! That's, yep, that's me baby jackpot. <laughs> you know <what> I'm <laughs> well, thank you man thank so, you so well, when he was up on stage killing and i told him who i was and he remembered and i was like man we got to set something up and he was like where? so you know a couple things happen between here and now, but without further ado, hailing all the way from Danville, Vermont. I got I got in Virginia. My town next to Martinsville is Danville. Oh shit! So you know what I'm saying yeah. so hailing all the way from Danville, Vermont. We got what I say the MC or the 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 veteran boss spitter. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And the uh, the uh, I mean. Products is amazing. I ain't like I told you. I've only had one that wasn't, but still, it's very popular. You know, everybody, everything, game for everybody. So he yes, got a, a line of fire products. I mean, man, y'all gonna hear his story. Me and him was talking about an hour and two before this. This man got some, got some shit. So without further ado, we got Shane McFarland all the way from Danville, Vermont, the owner of Old Growth Vermont. Yes. Thank sir. you so much, my guy, for coming up. Oh man,
1: thank uh, you so much for having me. Hell
0: yeah. Like I feel like I feel like I got a celebrity on. You know what oh I'm saying? shit. Don't cast <laughs> me up like that, bro. Hey, it's to be cast, <laughs> baby. I told I told, no, I I told you, you I told you I told my daughter. I was like, yo, I'm having a rapper come on. And she was like, Really? And I was like, yeah. And I pulled a picture up when she was on stage. And she was yeah. like, oh my God. So that's why when you came in, she was like, he's a rapper. <laughs> you know what I'm so.
1: Well, I mean, I, lo- I love hearing it. That's you know what dope. I mean? It's yeah. like, I think I, it's funny as it is. It's not what I do all the time, but I, it probably makes me giggle more to be called a rapper than a weed grower. That's as funny. funny as that is. Yeah. Grass is always greener, baby. You know, it's funny because
0: <laughs> I seen Dan from Rebel Grown. Yep. And I heard that he was a rapper. He's got and, bars. And I was like, okay, once again, I'm like, okay, everybody says, everybody can say they're a rapper. on the age, if you can do anything, you can say it. Yeah. But then he put out a, free, I, I'm assuming it was a freestyle. He did something on online. He was riding down yeah, the road yeah. He was like, yo, I just want to spit a couple bars. And I'm like, all right, let me see. Yeah. And I watched that thing like three times. Yeah. I was like, let me run that shit back one time. Yeah. yeah. And he was in the car just giving it to him. So I'm like, damn, okay, my guy. I got doing this. Yeah, so, well, hey, I, yeah.
1: I love seeing it. I love seeing people like Rebel Dan yeah. spitting because it's whether or not him and I ever knew each other prior, which we didn't, we've met recently, but it's like I can see in him my own lived experience because the amount of time I've spent on a mountaintop yeah. working on my flow because I'm just like <clears throat> getting used to being around the plants yeah, more than any humans. Yeah, you know, it's
0: it's crazy. I know you love growing like cuz um in order to be a grower, you got to love growing because this shit ain't easy <laughs> you know what have saying? To. <laughs> you have, you have to what are you doing to yourself i'm a glutton for punishment <laughs> glutton is for... what i am <laughs> uh, yeah well look man well let's get into this show let's let's talk about a little bit about you man so All right. shane let's talk about who you are
1: who i am well so i uh you know my name's shane i grew up in brownsville vermont which is a little town by mount escutney in southern vermont my family is from Vermont. I'm eighth generation. My niece and nephew are ninth. I grew up in a great family and, but it's like, you know, I grew up in the Vermont culture, right? Mm. Like I was excited by cannabis from a very young age, right? (laughs) Like, I mean, like my journey started if someone needed a bag of beasters, I would get it for them so Mm. that I could have a little nugget, right? It was like, you grow up in Vermont, there was the skiing culture, which is how we kept ourselves sane during the winter time. And, you know, although cannabis to be honest, had nothing to do with my family, right? Like I'm sure they smoked at times and whatnot, but it wasn't anything that was prevalent in my family, but it was something that I just like sought out from a young age, Mm. you know? It was just this like elusive, like alluring thing that the older cool kids were doing. And Mm -hmm. beyond that, finding it at a young age and finding that it's, it's a beautiful plant, right? And it does beautiful things for the planet. Aside from all that, I left Vermont at a pretty young age. I took off. I went out west. I was chasing snow. I would ski. I work at Taos Ski Valley, Taos, New Mexico, Colorado, things of that nature. Hold on,
0: hold on. Just to let you know, every time like skiers talk about how they chase snow, yeah, like that is the craziest thing to me. Like, because that's how a lot of people they live in Vermont. Why are they live in Vermont? Yeah. I just wanted to come here to ski, and I ended yeah. up loving it and staying. So it's crazy to hear. Like, you're chasing, like, you want to go somewhere. Let's see what let's see what skiing on this mountain is like. or You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like just different different cultures. You know what I'm saying? Well,
1: it's different cultures, but it's like, right, so we all in our lives, no matter who you are, have had something that you've wanted to chase after that's made you feel alive, right? Mm-hmm. And not everyone gets to experience it because it's an expensive sport and all these things. But, you know, my father worked at Iskiri, and I grew up around the culture. So what got me high before I smoked or before I did anything was adrenaline and was learning to, learning to ski, and learning to keep yourself alive while going down a steep trail, when that's, and and it gets to a point where you chase it, you know, it's um, just like anything else in your life, you, you reach a point where it's like, all right, I want something bigger and better, and then your journey starts, and you take Uh, off.
0: That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, it's good that, I mean, living in Vermont, I know, like, there's not much to do, especially because uh, it's cold a lot, Yeah. so it's cool that that is what started your journey even though you didn't go pro or anything but no. you know it takes something small like that yep. that you love to start a journey you know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. That's what that's what got you out of Vermont. It's it's one hundred percent.
1: And you know what's funny is that's where I got and I had I had been around plenty of, of cannabis in Vermont. I was a hustler and whatnot, but it was the first time I got put on a trim crew it was in New Mexico, as funny as that is. And so it's like my journey that led me out of Vermont to chase snow, you know, lo and behold, here I am. I'll be thirty nine tomorrow. And it's like the Man, the amount happy of Happy birthday, this- <laughs> my guy. <God. laughs> Well, but the amount that this has shaped my life since, you know, when it's, and it's always been prevalent. It's how I made my money. It's how I, like, it's how I interacted in the world, you yeah, know, yeah. but um, I don't think I ever could have imagined that here I'd be this many <laughs> years later and I'm doing it for a living. My family comes and sees my weed plants and they they own the business with me, you know, my father's part of it. So it's, a uh, life's a trip.
0: I, I, I tell you, I never, same thing here, like, I have a podcast, a cannabis podcast, yeah. where I'm talking to people. Like grow weed. Like when growing up for me, weed was taboo. Yeah. It was hard. It's illegal. It's a gateway drug. Yep. Down with dope. Up with hope. I had to go (laughs) through the dare program and shit. Yeah. But still to be even here or having a podcast and interviewing people who grow weed, who's been growing weed for years, like there's something I wanted to do, you know, but it wasn't it wasn't a reality where I came from. Yeah. Only reality was I can go buy it from him. I yeah. didn't know. I didn't know how to grow it. I didn't know nothing. I didn't even. I didn't even for. I'm not gonna lie. For the first part of me smoking weed, I didn't even realize it was a plant. I was told it was a drug, yep. so I didn't know how this drug got came to be. But fuck it, I'm gonna smoke this drug. But yep. then, as life advanced, oh, oh, this is just the seed. Yes. you know what I'm saying. This is like beside my tomatoes or beside my squash or with the strawberries, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just a plan.
1: Well, and we've arrived at an odd place, right? So one of the the aspects of where we've arrived is that we're blessed. You're blessed to be able to talk about cannabis on a Mm -hmm. podcast with cultivators. I'm blessed to be able to grow it. But the other place we've arrived at is having to acclimate to the fact that every ounce of lived experience I have prior to now has me think I can't tell people this is what I do um, you know, have to protect the people around me mm. that I grow cannabis because it's illegal. Looked at like I'm a drug dealer. Drug Rotations are in the air. <laughs> so having to acclimate to this point, that's like I'm on a microphone now and I'm being asked about cannabis, <laughs> and that's okay. You know, that's the
0: that's 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 it right there. Yeah, that's why I do this because we've been labeled drug dealers. We've been labeled t- peddlers, traffickers, dope smokers, yep. whatever other mm-hmm. derogatory statement that you can put to smoking and cannabis in a human we were called that
1: well we were the, <clears throat> we were the losing end of the misinformation it's, that that's been peddled to this the society for the end last hundred of years
0: misinformation. exactly. Yeah.
1: and which is why there's not many things in my life i feel like i'm very situated like I've, I've earned it i've earned you know and i without you know trying to not sound like you know rude like i I feel like I've, I've earned at least the opportunity to do this. No, that's a humble what, brag, but, dog. What, what, you,
0: did, you earned the right to do this. Yeah. Well,
1: but what happens after, whether I succeed or not, that's that's about how I handle it and what I do. And, and that's not for me to know now or not. But like the I've earned giving it a shot. And yeah. I believe that every single human that has been on the losing end of the misinformation of this last century has earned it as well. Mm. Now, via regulation, it's not possible for everyone. I, I do feel blessed. But it's, it's one of those things that we've all earned it. Absolutely. Even the ones that never smoked, they got lied to their whole lives.
0: Okay. My, my mother, my yeah. mother's my. I'm sending my mother like tinctures and yep. body rubs and things like that because she sent me that reefer madness. I I wanted that. I, so love that I wanted poster. that, and it's crazy because my mother sent that to me. Yep. Like I, she was like, "Hey, I seen this. You think you would want it?" And I'm like, "You're the perfect person to give me that." Yeah. yeah yes. Yeah. And I put it right there, and I always look at it because like that was the misinformation that yeah. they were fed that was given to us. Yep. And then we were the ones that questioned yeah. the misinformation because it couldn't be right. Yeah. You know, you, you it can't be. Yeah. You know? So we questioned it and now our I feel like our generation along with their generation oh, yeah. was the questioned ones. Like the ones they had the questions and we're providing the the flip side, the better side, yep. the green market, yep. you know, of it if you will. Yep. So, yeah, it was absolutely
1: well, and it's wild because the generation or two before us, it it kind of feels, you know, uncomfortable to say I've earned this because only partially because they put in the work, yeah. right? Like, I'm, I, you know, I'm about to be 39. So it, the age that I'm at, like, I was on the opposite end of the illegality of it. But I wasn't getting locked in prison for 10 years for an eighth of weed. That's right. Now, that was the generation before us. Yeah. And God bless them. And I, I respect it. Right. And I hope as many of them as humanly possible can have a part of this as well. Yeah. You know exactly. um, but it's um yeah, it's wild.
0: Yeah. To be <laughs> to be selling weed legally. Even like I said, even mine, like I've you know, of course I've sold weed. Yeah. But at the same time to even be able to say, Of course, I sold weed yeah. on a microphone and then edit it down and put it out there and it's okay. Yeah. Like I've definitely come very far. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. this industry with this plan has came like I told you. I just did a class at St. Michael's, yeah, you know, I'm standing in front of college students talking about my relationship with cannabis, And you know what though you you earned that I earned it, you know what i mean exactly. it's a, it's
1: it's a roundabout way of looking at it, but yeah. you have, yeah, you know,
0: exactly. I've been learning to look back on my successes, yeah, going to therapy and things like that. I'm learning to look back and be like. I busted my ass like yeah. it's hard sometimes it's hard to look at what you've accomplished because you're still not there where you think you want to be well so
1: the problem with that is we're yeah. kind of trained as human beings to exactly. look at our successes and only look at them yeah. you know what I mean or, or that's the barometer for how well you're doing in your life when it's like so all right this last year I, I was rather successful I'm very blessed to be doing as well as I am in this market but it, I mean a it could have gone either way right and b there was a thousand failures that mm. led to to that year working out. And I don't even mean in the distant past. You yeah. know what I mean? Facts. In the in the couple growing years leading up to last year's growth, I I got r- dragged through the rocks, man, you know? And it's 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 all circumstantial, but it's like we're trained to just look at the success, right? Yeah. When there's a if if you have a success, there's a thousand failures before it that also need recognition. Absolutely. You know? And
0: that's the great point. And so speaking of successes, let's talk about old growth because yeah. like I said, man, i didn't seen I mean, I remember, I think you had, and it could have been more. I mean, yep. it probably was more. Yep. But I remember going to a dispensary. I don't remember which one. But they had like a, a joint holder yep. with all your joints lined up on them. And then they had a couple others. But I remember that distinct blue line of yep. old growth. You know yep. what I'm saying? So let's talk about a little bit about old growth and how you how it came about.
1: Well, so I mean, it's been a it's been a wild journey, man. I mean I know. <laughs> So old old growth Vermont, so I mean the only way I can start this is to give a precursor on myself and I'll do that briefly. You know, I, I hustled weed from a very young age. When I, you know, New Mexico, Colorado, I was working on farms, I was trimming, I was also like doing dead tour, following around the remaining members of the dead, as well as ski bumming. But it's like cannabis was always at the center of it. But I was a transient, so I would be working on the farms. And it wasn't until I had moved to California and really buckled down and I got trained. And I got trained in some beautiful ways. I'm I'm very grateful for the ways I was trained because it's the methodology I still implement to grow. So anyways, I did that for a long time. Life happened. I needed to move back east to get sober. So I moved to Maine. And when I moved back, I did the whole sober program. I got my life back together and Covid happened, right? And Covid happened, and it was one of those things where, just like everyone else in society, I had this like aha moment. That's like, what do I really want to be doing with my life? Like, people are fleeing the cities, right? I'm not a city person, so I was just staying put. But it was, it was one of those things that I had the same aha moment the people in the center of the cities had, but just with a different result. Mm-hmm. I would got the get well job when I got sober. Uh, first, I was doing dishes. Then I was pounding nails, which I'm trained enough in, you know. But I just had this realization: like, I want to have a homestead. I want to I want to have control over my life, sort of, but I want to live off the earth and I want to, you know, I want to live somewhere where I have longevity, no matter what happens in the world around me, right? And at the similar time I met, who's now my wife, Jesse, and she had like, literally the first conversation we had was we went deep immediately and we had the same ideals, we had the same, and you know, we knew it was meant to be. And I, at around the same time, got offered a grow house to, to look after in Maine. And it had been some years since I had been running a farm and it just made sense right? It's what I know how to do. It's what I know at my core how to do. You know, I can do a lot of other things in my life, but I mean, I I don't, and I don't even grow by a regimen. I grow by feel, but like that's, that's what I know, Mm. you know, so it's, so, you know, I, so that happened and we were doing a little medical grow. Uh, I was in the medical caregiver program there and you know, it's odd. I grew in the mountains for years. And what that looked like is we'd grow, we'd trim it, we'd put it in turkey bags and then it would get distributed. Right. And then all of a sudden I'm like in a little industry in in, uh, Maine and trying to find my way. So we started old growth organics, which was something that only lasted a year and was not successful. And Mm -hmm. I I will put a big emphasis on that. You know what I mean? It It was one of those things that, you know, I mean, like a lot of developed cannabis industries in other states that have been around for a long time have already reached the point of being saturated in the market. And here I am arriving in one of these other states and it It wasn't my time nor place to to dive into. But you know what? I am so glad I did because, uh, like, again, you know, one of the first big failures on this journey that just I needed to go through it. And we did that. We sort of worked on branding with no budget. Uh, You know, we had borrowed a little bit of money from family to try and build a little indoor room and, uh, you know, do a 50 plant outdoor, which, or 30 plant rather, which is the main. And then, you know, the thing is, we had been avidly watching what was happening in the Vermont industry. We knew that it was legal. It had been for a while and they were waiting to unroll. And Jesse had been following the CCB meetings religiously. And then the time arrived where all of a sudden it seemed like they were pulling the trigger. And we did something that, you know, right now I'm getting tingles because it was so nerve wracking because we dove in head first, Mm right? Right we are like okay we're moving home to Vermont which is where i'm from which is where we were trying to buy a home we had been for a while right and covid was was difficult there was no buying a home as a broke person <laughs> no not, not during covid no no, no i no. told you uh, i
0: made mine just right before luckily yeah you 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 found the good spot <laughs> hey, that was man. a sweet spot man yeah yeah yeah
1: so uh you know and we we contacted family we were and so what it turned into now is different than what we were trying to do we wanted to like I, my eyes are way bigger than my stomach, right? So I was like, yeah, we're going to do a manufacturing. We're going to open a retail. We're going to do a grow. And we started acting as if. And we got the family members on. We were going to have run the retail and all the other things. And, you know, along the way, things happened and, you know, successes and failures that dictated how this business looks. Yeah. Um, but nonetheless, we dove in head first. We, you know, did Jesse was doing all the paperwork on all the CCB meetings. We started branding, um, you know, coming up with what is Old Growth Vermont. And actually, I should probably. I should probably do that as well. So. I know
0: every, every, it's crazy. I know there's a story behind it yeah, because yeah, yeah. nobody has like all these stickers on the table. I was look at them and I'm like, none of everything has a meaning behind yep. it. Yep. So yeah, what's what's which, so, what's the so
1: old growth Vermont right? This is and this literally comes from my roots as an MC. Like my favorite thing in the world to play with is the English language, mm. rearranging words uh, to find double entendres so they mean two things. I'm a nerd. Conversations. Um, I, 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 we have arrived, my friend. <laughs> um, so you know, nonetheless, old growth Vermont. So the methodology we implement to grow cannabis is. You know for lack of better words we follow the dr elaine ingham school of thought now mm-hmm. she is a soil mo- microbiologist who has implemented the soil food web like school she discovered you know essentially the soil food web the microbiome that is thriving in the soil so an old growth forest has a very thriving fungally dominant like living micro ecosystem ecosystem in the, in the yeah. soil right and it, you don't have to feed it. It never you know, runs out. It never depletes. The leaves fall. They biodegrade. And it's got thriving nematodes, protozoa, fungi, bacteria, arthropods, worms. So it's a thing that like over so many, much time has found a way to regulate itself to grow at its peak potential. Mm. So, you know, there's the old growth aspect of it, right? So then there's the fact that old growth forest also suggests that it's a very old forest. So I am an old growth Vermonter. I've been here for eight generations. So there's that and then there's the fact that I'm also an OG Vermonter. Or Vermonter which is old growth OG which is why oh. our website is OG Vermont. So you know, when I came up with this name, it wasn't for any one reason. Hey, I was that like, I'm shit
0: crazy, man. Hey, look, that's the hardest one right there. <laughs> Not only does it mean this, it means this and this, <laughs> and all them shits come together. Well, hey, it, it wouldn't up, have done right it man. if it didn't do that. Hell yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh man, that's my,
1: great. My favorite part about hip hop is when you make a little creation, whether it be a word or a whole sentence, and you no one else is in the room, and you're like,
0: "Damn, yo." And, the best part I've I've had this new rapper that I've been listening to named Akeem Ali he's he raps from the aspect of a pimp you know what I'm saying but you know I don't know if you've ever met a pimp or know a pimp I have pimps talk like rappers yep and the talk that they have is like sometimes you got to be like the fuck you mean by that yeah you know what I'm saying I don't know and then like and that's the way he raps in the bars that he has I've had the stop what I'm doing and go to wherever my phone's at and rewind it just a little bit to be like, one more time, let me hear this shit again. I can't believe you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So like you know, like I mean, I heard I don't remember, but like I said, I remember you rapping about I know you said something about old growth, low key and four bins, and I remember listening and being like, This man onto something. <laughs> so it's only right that your name in, entails so many, yeah. so many personal aspects that involve you. Yeah. And that's what I love about the stories of the names, because I know everybody has a story behind it. Yep. So hell yes.
1: Well, it's one of those things that it's like we, it's an extension of us, right? Mm. Like this, this yeah. business, like, especially because like I grow cannabis and like, you know, you can look at it however you want, but, like, I am accompanying this living creature through the entirety of its life and then curing it properly and distributing it as medicine. Yes. So it's like, I don't know. No. It's a respect that I, I think I just naturally have for it. But, yeah. but yeah.
0: But just the, yeah, the unknowing of the respect of having it and then now that you know that there's a respect to be had in it, yeah. you have that much more respect. Yeah, and so, yeah. Hell yeah.
1: Well, I was lucky. I was trained by hippies, hey. um, you know, <laughs> it's it's well. And it's one of those things, right? Like um, you want to give love to anything that you're trying to get to grow well. Right. Mm. And that that goes for your family. That goes for, you know, like my business. I got to pour love in it or it won't succeed any cannabis plant in my field. If I'm not sitting there projecting love in its direction, then what am I doing? Yeah. Um, and that was one of the first things that was trained to me. Like That's the crazy. most important thing a cannabis plant needs is your shadow was the first thing I was taught. Damn. Be in that garden all damn day is was one of the first things I was taught. And at the time, I expected him to call me Grasshopper or something of that nonsense. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not seeing the purpose <laughs> in it. And however many years
0: later, and it's like, that's it. That's the key. Damn, that's the it, key. It's sharing love. It, it, you know, you know <clears throat> the end of the season, end of this season, I wasn't able to spend that much time. So check this out. This is, this is my homegrown. I've been in the bags to let it cure. Yep. But hold on. Let me make sure. That's a, I mean, they're both good. I'm yeah, not yeah. saying, but that's kind of like the fruity, the fruitiness of it. Oh, that you know smells fantastic. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the thing, it wasn't the, I wasn't out there as much at the end. You know what I'm saying? Just because life took over and things like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then, like, this one plant that I had, this one, I didn't. I didn't get much from it, but this is the only like the only plant that I really had time to mm. to take care of, yeah. So that one came out, that was. That's fantastic. That's like my success right there. Yeah, you yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Man. Yeah, so that's like my success, so. Well, to
1: the point that who cares if it's not much. Hey. If, it, if it's perfect, a little will do. A little will do, <laughs> you know?
0: and that's exactly how it is, like yeah. that little bit, I was yeah. like a plant that probably grew It was in like a one foot pot and it grew probably five feet. You know, a little taller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But still, it came out pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I swear to God, you can't tell me, nobody in this world can tell me when I first pulled my plants, cut them and cure them, and I smoked that shit, that I ain't grow no damn gas. Oh, yeah. Like, my shit be five all the time. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? It don't be much. (laughs) But it needs some fucking fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? You'll get
1: that response from every gram of weed grown on planet Earth from whoever grew it. But at the same time, marketing. Marketing? You, You know what I mean? So it's like, but at the same time, we all know when Hell, we see yeah. a nug we've grown that's good. We also know when we've seen one we grow that's bad. And <laughs> I, it's like, like oh, I said, that one's not going to make the cut. Hey,
0: like I said, I threw a lot of shit away this year. Yeah. But yeah. I kept some good shit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so. as I was
1: saying to you before, man, I threw away stuff too. It's man. like, it's farming, right? Yeah. And I think it's important for people to know that that's okay. Yeah. You know, and it's I think that, as I mentioned to you before too, it's I think that in learning to do that, there's, the the integrity that I carry is that I do throw it away. Yeah. It doesn't get used for anything if Nothing. it doesn't make the cut. Yep. If there's if there's the mold or any of the things that you know what it's okay. Like we're in northern Vermont and we just had the hardest summer of growing, so throwing it away is fine. It's okay. You know, it's yeah. that's where it goes. I like that. compost like, pile, man. <laughs> hey, i both. Say you for
0: next year. Yes, sir. <laughs> so well, look, this is part of come to the show where I'm going to ask you, good sir, can you please put a sticker but on of the of table wherever you want. Whichever one you want. Okay, okay. As you see, it's starting to fill up, man. It is. So, it is. Hey, the game's about to be changing. Oh man, I'm
1: gonna be wedged between heady Vermont, 1791, and Vermontiana.
0: Hey, that's a, that's a good place that's to the be, spot, man. Hey, that's, that's the a spot. hell yeah. There we go. All right. All right. <laughs> Look at that, and the <laughs> sticker is down. Thank you, man. Slaps. Appreciate that. <laughs> Well, this part, you know, usually we talk about, you know, we get to know the grower, but this time, we did a lot of talking before, and I really found out who this guy was, and it was crazy to, like, it's two different aspects to this gentleman, like, you know, we know him as the weed grower, the cannabis grower, and the hot fire spitter, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but there's a whole nother side to this guy and you touched on it. And I told you, you want yeah. to touch on it. Yeah, yeah, And you said you was in, you know, you were recovery. Yeah. So you're a heavy person in AA, correct?
1: Yeah, yeah. So it's, well, it's, you know, I i mean, yes, I am a member of Alcoholics yeah, Anonymous, 100 exactly. percent. And we're I mean, we're all bozos on the bus is what we all call it. <laughs> bozos hey, 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 on hey, the hey, bus. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, you know, but yeah. And without breaking anyone's anonymity, so are the other people in my business. Absolutely. You know, my wife is in recovery as well. Our employee is as well. And we we take it very seriously, you know, so and I never have a problem talking about this because I think it's incredibly important, especially in the cannabis industry, because a lot of us. A lot of people in recovery find their way to complete sobriety and abstinence. And that's beautiful. But a lot of people also find cannabis and that helps them stay well. And I think that one of the conversations that I, I see happening on Instagram and places, but I can't wait for it to get more integrated into the society and industry we're blooming and creating here in Vermont is the fact that, you know, addiction is rampant in this country. Um, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And in, in in the world. And it's it's a, the human condition is hurting for a myriad reasons, you know, whether it be capitalism or whatever the things are that are getting you as a person down and beyond that it's an odd not everyone exists in this world easily right so a lot of us find coping mechanisms as a youngster that you know for myself it it was everything you know I, i started with cannabis you know because that's what there was i say it all the time I would have started with cocaine, even though I didn't know what it was, mm-hmm. if it was offered to me. If I was, it was there. I just wanted a mind change because I was, I was unhappy on the inside. And after that, I found psychedelics. And what's crazy is I had fun as hell with that for a long time <laughs> and, until I didn't, you know. It started at music festivals with a bunch of good friends, and we'd eat psychedelics, and we just felt like we were finding the goodness in the world and in each other, and we felt like we were doing something. And then after a while, you start mixing in the other drugs. You know what I mean? Life gets hard, and like... I, I like to always say, and it's okay if you know this in your soul too, like it was my solution. I like life wasn't all that bearable, even though you wouldn't have seen it on my face all the time. You know what I mean? I was like, I kept a smile on. I just wasn't doing well. And so I had a long journey with it in California. I, you know, I was growing commercially out there and I was having a great time, met a bunch of beautiful people. And along the way I slipped and fell, you know, not literally, but, and I found myself trying a a dangerous substance and I, I got addicted to heroin and it was my solution, it kept me sane for a long time until it absolutely wasn't, and you know what, it broke me. And I found recovery, right? And that's how I got back to the East Coast, was I You know, I called my mother.
0: Hold on one second, can I ask you a like personal question? Of course. So, <clears throat> and I'm only asking this because it's something, I'm not gonna say I've ever considered it, yep. considered heroin or anything like that, yep. but I've often wondered What was it that made you do it a second, third, et cetera? So what was like that first?
1: That's, I mean, that's an easy question to answer, unfortunately. And I, whether anyone is willing to admit it, anyone that's done it, it takes any problem you've ever had in your life and it literally takes it and it puts it in a box and it puts it in a room that you don't have access to and in your brain. Right. So any pain you're feeling, and this is, this is where it hit me. If I had tried it at any other point in my life, it very well may not have grabbed me like it did, but I was at a very, I was down. I was, you know, emotionally distraught. I was, and I was going through a lot of crazy things in my life and it like, and it had been an offer to me many times. Mm-hmm. Right. And it was in California. People socially do it there. It's like a smoked thing. I never use needles, which I'm exceptionally lucky about, but it was one of those things I was down and they offered it to me and I smoked it. And all the problems went away. Not really, but you, it literally just like glosses sunshine over your brain and it's, it just like explodes dopamine on your brain. Right. So and if you're miserable in your life, otherwise it goes away, and then all of a sudden misery comes back, mm-hmm. right? So it's circumstantial in my story, but at the same time, I don't know that for a fact. You know what I mean? Who knows? It's um, the,
0: it's the connections that you've made yes. of why. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well,
1: I mean, you know, at this point in my life, like I've I've got bits and pieces of all the story i lived it all but it's like life's crazy you know yeah. so it's like being able to look back at it objectively now and see what it was that i did to bring myself down unintentionally but you know aside from that i i called them family i came back to vermont or i came back to maine rather to get sober and uh i found recovery i found uh, alcoholics anonymous i was a drug addict but i found alcoholics anonymous and um it taught me a way to It taught me a lot of things right so one of the most beautiful aspects of it is that it's you know when you're just like self-medicating so much just shoving everything down it's because you know that is your solution it's making you feel better you don't know any better at the time but it's an incredibly like what is it like um selfish disease Hmm. right because i don't feel good so i'm gonna do drugs because it'll make me feel better, not and you're knowing, not recognizing what's not, going on the outside. Not knowing what's
0: going on the outside. I, I, I use I also a touchy subject. Yep. Like I've had people commit suicide. Yeah. And I've had to come to bearance with like how it could be. Maybe you think that's the end all solution. Yeah. For you, you know, but you don't understand how that or the thought even the thought of that in you and others knowing that how it can affect not just the people around you but it's like a ripple effect yeah you know what i'm saying it doesn't just hit you but it hits your job it hits the kids it hits you know i'm saying people that you didn't even know that everyone you've ever met anyone you've ever met exactly that's it affects it's crazy yeah and that's what i'm saying but i never looked at the the one i've always wanted to ask that question like what is it like like what made you go back and i've always thought it was kind of like a an asshole question to ask it's
1: not an asshole question at all and i want to be careful about describing it the way that i just did because there's also the knowledge in my head that it's the grossest thing that i've ever touched you know what i mean like hands down but it's you know because because here's the thing it has a beautiful place in the society for the sick and dying for the, you know what I mean? Like all day, yeah. like, you know, there's people going through chemo right now that if they didn't have their their pharmaceutical heroin, that they would be in incredible pain. And that, you know, and it's, so I can see all that. But at the end of the day, you snap out of it, right? And what happened to me is I came back and I went to rehab and I got taught a new way to live. And the wildest part about all of it is it was a long process. I did the steps in AA, I went to rehab. I went to meetings rigorously. I lived in a sober house, I got a get well job. The next thing I know after working and completing the steps, which to be blatantly honest is a blueprint for how to live a better life, right? If drug addiction is selfish because you're just stuffing it down to make you feel better, it's like, what can you do to do the next right thing in your life and find someone else that's hurting? Because the beauty about AA and NA is I'm more equipped to help a drug addict than anyone on earth because I know how I got out of it. And all I can do is show the next person. So at the end of the day, yes, I stopped doing drugs, right? But the drugs were just a symptom, and thank God I got addicted to drugs, <laughs> which is like a a, a trippy thing oh to say. Oh my God,
0: no it is not, because I say the same thing behind prison. Yeah. I say I'm glad that I went to prison. Yeah. Because if I wouldn't have had that point of sit your ass down for this amount of time, I don't know where I would have been. Yeah, well we I damn sure wouldn't have been here. We wouldn't be here right now exactly, talking. You exactly, You know what I mean?
1: Because something else would have gone on in your life, and you would have gotten pulled down another path, which may have been even more beautiful or it may have been incredibly worse. But at the end of the day, like this is where we are. And I often say that I don't regret anything in my life. And that comes with the disclosure that what I mean by that is, of course, there are things in my life that should or could have been done better. But in reality, I made the decisions and they happened. So the best way for Mm. me to grow as a person is to look at all those decisions, know that I made them and know that it made me who I am today. Now, what would be taking that for granted would be to not Share that these days to be on a cannabis podcast and not talk about it, even though this is a cannabis podcast, because you know what? There might be something in someone in the weed industry that hears this and realizes, holy shit, there's other growers that have been through the ringer because at the end of the day, all that happened was the drugs got removed from my life. And then a bunch of other people taught me how to be an adult. Mm. And it hasn't completely sunk in. I'm still pretty childish hey, hey, at times, oh, but... <laughs> hey, look,
0: I'm 40 years old. I'm, I'm about to buy a video game right after this. Damn right <laughs> you are, man. <laughs> hey, look, I, get, I, I love that we... Granted, adulting sucks. Oh, for sure. It, it sucks, but you have to keep that joy in it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I, it's crazy, like I told you, like coming into this podcast, I came from a point where you have to work. Yeah. Like, I have to go get a paycheck from somebody. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yep. And it, I never, you know, I later on, but I was already conditioned. But later on, that's when I got the, man, if he can own this business, and you's a dumbass. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, you's one of the stupidest motherfuckers I've ever met. Yeah, And you're successful. So I I can do that shit. I you, can do it.
1: You know what? The thing is, is, is anyone can. I didn't know that, yeah. right? I, it's persistence and discipline, two things that, I mean, I was certainly persistent about some things in my youth, but it wasn't anything beneficial to my well-being. Yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah, um, exactly. But it's, you know, so it's like, you know. I was I have, just persistent at the wrong thing. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. For sure. You know, but it's like, you know, reaching at a point in your life. Because, I mean, the other thing is adulting sucks, right? But I, I didn't snap out of it until I was 34. I, you yeah. know, I, I'll be 39 tomorrow. Like, I, I didn't adult once. Like, and I don't mean I don't mean infrequently. Like, I didn't adult once. <laughs> You know, so, hey, so, funny. so I've arrived at a point where, to be perfectly honest, like I, we were talking about before the show, the uncomfortable things in life are what you grow from. Mm. And I, you know, I, I learn, you know, and my wife helps me so much. She's been you know, sober a little longer than me and she's got an amazing head on her shoulder. But these adulting things that are what they're what are helping me grow as a person. And I feel it happening, you know, not immediately at once, but it's it's one of those things that I also, as wild as it is, I missed out on it. I missed yeah. out on a normal life of learning how to do all these things. So now yeah. I get to do it now, which is it's fine. You know, yeah. we all have our own path. Um which is why I think it's beautiful that it's led me to to this. You know, you're talking about you know you need a paycheck. That's why my wife and I started growing wheat again so we could afford to have a homestead. Yeah. And it's like, you know, getting a normal job, which we could absolutely do. I'm not above that. I I love pounding nails. I was a ski instructor for a long time. Like I I'm... but at the same time when, you know, the universe is speaking at you, and it's like, now's the moment, take advantage of it and try your hardest or don't. And like, I tell you what, it was, it's was, it been a nerve wracking couple of years, but it's like, I, I think we're finally arriving at a place that we're like, okay, we're are, are we doing this?
0: <laughs> oh, hey man, let me, I don't know if you know this, but let me tell you that you are fucking doing it. I appreciate Yo, you, You are man. definitely doing it. Like, I appreciate you. I mean, like I told you, like seeing all your products on the shelves, like everywhere I've went, I've seen yeah. your products. You know, and it's awesome to see because I really, I'm. I don't know what goes into, you know, the steps that you have to take to get your license to getting your actual flower on the shelves. A lot, but to see your flower on the shelves and the amount of flower on the shelves, yeah. and then you you emceeing like you 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 know you rapping, and then to hear like a, a story. It's not just
1: Oh yeah, I just
0: grow weed and and rap, but nah, this came from like a a place that it helped you grow to where you're yeah. at today. Yeah. Like all this is the development of of, me. of you. Yeah. Exactly. So, so and so, hell
1: yeah. And check it out. It's a, uh, you know, you For a metaphor, the entourage effect with cannabis, right? Like THC is not the end all be all, but everything else together is what creates its own thing. So, in a lot of the things I learned in getting my life back together, one of them is you have to do the things that are good for you. And I don't remember all the time. I'll go six months without writing a rhyme, but hip hop is one of the things that are good for me, you know, which is why this summer when I get opportunities to open for acrobatic and lift, far side, gangsta grass, I say yes. And what's also a trip Mm. is this business has afforded me the ability to do it. I can help sponsor these shows, and we can look at it however you want. It's a shameless plug. I'm in there rapping as well, but like at the end of the day, like that's what keeps me able to work a 100-hour work week is if every month and a half I can go rap on stage for 30 minutes, then it's like, okay, my cup's full. Next.
0: I'm good. Yeah, <laughs> Let me move this one to the side and fill this next cup up. Yeah, yeah, nah, yeah. No, that is absolutely amazing. I love that for you, man. I, I, really I appreciate you, man. I really, I really do. It's crazy because... Like I said, I seen your products, and then we met, and it was just something about you when we first met at the Hatties Cup. You know what I'm saying? When you walked off, I watched you a few more times, I was like, this cat's interesting.
1: Well, I thought the same about you. I gotta tell you what, man, I'm a student of hip hop, and I hear you speak the first time, and I'm like, oh gosh. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that is like baritone. Like. baritone. <laughs> I'm like, is this Charlie Tuna from <laughs> J5? Like, what's going on here? This is dope. <laughs>
0: that's what's up. Uh, I've, yeah. been, I've been fortunate enough to be blessed with a gift. And, oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, oh, It's yeah. crazy because I didn't know it. Well, you acted on it, though. I, and that was the other thing. I didn't just continue to use it as a panty dropper because that's what it was, essentially. Yeah. But I put it forth to good, you know what I'm saying? I created something with it. I'm a voiceover artist. I'm telling people stories, that you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm really like using my gift for the, what was that cartoon, it was a cartoon when it was like the greater good, oh, Toy Story. Yeah, When it was like the greater good, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? I'm using my voice for a greater good. So like, yeah, it's awesome. And I'm glad we we in the same area because it's awesome that like, I got some things I want to talk to you about later on. But, I'm with you it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I know we can make something happen. Yes, sir. Just with the spot of an idea. Yep. It can, can even come from a pen needle to a full-blown manhole. Yeah, you know what I'm saying well and it will uh, I mean
1: you know I can see it right here you know I mean with talking to you as well as and your journey getting to this place like you did the same thing I did you were standing at the precipice realizing that you needed change right and you knew you had a gift and you wanted to implement it somehow and you fucking ran with it I did and you know at the end of the day it's terrifying and it's not always likely to work out
0: hell no but that's
1: the beauty of (laughs) it that's (laughs) like you know you hold your breath for a year and run and then you breathe in again you're like whoa I
0: didn't get my first pay no I take that back when I first became a voiceover artist, I got a movie part and, and, a, and a guy on the YouTube that was creating a, a cartoon. Yeah, yeah. And I did a voiceover overseas in the Taiwan Islands. So I thought, oh shit, let me just hold the rest of this bag open and get the rest of these jobs. <laughs> and I didn't do shit for a year and a half after yeah, that. Yeah, You know what I'm saying? And for me to, that, I felt like that year and a half, I was like, what the fuck am I not doing. Yeah. And then I found out what I should do. And I started doing that. And then the little thing will sit up there and be like, now I'm making millions. But you know what I'm saying? Now well, it's, that's not even the it's point. starting to, my work has starting to show. Like yeah. I have, I had to look back on my website. Hey, I got demos, I got commercials, I got stuff to show people that I can do. And then once they're like, let's try it, and then I can kill it. And that's just more work that I can put in. You know oh yeah! What I'm oh, so, absolutely. Hey, it's a, it's a, it's the spiral up, yep. if you will. It absolutely you know is, saying? man. It so, absolutely
1: is, because you, you can tell when you're on the right path. It's, it's wild, like it's oh, the, yeah. the coincidences that start happening. That let even if it's the hardest thing you've ever done, you, you know, at your center that you need to keep going, even though everyone in your world's probably telling you you're crazy, you need to slow down, which may or may not be true, yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, you, you know.
0: I, I, I've. Uh, it's crazy because like I've noticed like good things are starting to happen in my life. Yeah. You know what I'm saying around my podcast, around yep. my voiceovers and I feel like I'm making the right decisions.
1: I think that's indicative of the fact that you are.
0: Exactly. Actually. And I feel like when we make a bad if like if any decision that I had made within the, the parameters of my life now if I made a wrong decision, that within that wrong decision, I can make a right decision, but I'm still on the wrong side of right. Yep. Even though it's right in this aspect, it's still wrong. Yep. And then I can keep going. So every wrong decision I've made, I can tell that was wrong. But when I make a right decision, and I make another right decision, and then another right decision... Well, you build momentum. You're building momentum. Yeah. You know what I'm and saying? And that's
1: how you know you're on the right path. Because when you get to a point that's like... I. So we arrived at a point this last summer that we couldn't slow down if we wanted to. Yes, you, know yes. what I, you know what I mean? It reached it reached a point of uh, terminal velocity. Yeah. And we, were, we were like, uh-oh.
0: That's <laughs> my know? board. I had, I'm had yeah. i I'm erasing stuff off now. Yeah. But at one point in time, my board was full yeah. of interviews. And I'm like, how in the fuck am I going to get through all this shit? I don't know. Like, I wanted it. I'm glad I got it. What the hell am I doing? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But that's the nature of the beast. And yep. it's a beast that I know that I can fight. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, 100%. Because so, yeah, well, yeah.
1: you also know when you're building something, the same thing happened with, with us. You know, The farm was on my father's property last year, and uh, Jesse and I were uh, blessed enough to be able to, to get a house this year, and uh, you know, and I'm sure it's invisible on the internet, but we bought a house, we had to cut down 100 trees, we had to build a like, 200-foot fence, we had to build two greenhouses, fill 100, 200, or 200 100-gallon smart pots with soil, Jesus plant those, build trellising. We had to rip a garage door out, frame a wall, then we had to strap the entire room with two by fours. Then we spray foamed it. Then we applied the PVC paneling to build the dry room. Then had the canetrol installed. <laughs> meanwhile, meanwhile, it's the hardest summer of my life. And I'm growing 400 plants. There were 500, but it was a hard fucking summer. That is <laughs> you know? insane. So I get it. But the whole time I knew I was on the right path, even exactly. though everyone in my life could see that I was being overworked. And, but I, you know, I also there was also a, a beauty of it that. It would have if I had tried to slow it down or stop it, I would have failed. Yes. But you know what? We did the the moment we stopped harvest is we have slowed down. In terms of the processing yeah. aspect of it, because now, you know, you gotta take care you of yourself. You get into
0: an aspect you gotta take care exactly. Yeah. Take care of yourself. Yeah. yeah. And that's awesome. Yeah. Well look, man, I don't even know, like thank you is like a like a understatement. Like I always think my last interview was better you yeah, yeah, know, yeah, yeah. than the, the one before that. But, like, all my interviews that I've had. But, like, you, I didn't know. You are one of my people that I wanted on. It's like I ain't going to say you were my bucket list person. Yeah, because yeah. I'm going to just be honest with you. That's that's Nick from Foreman's Finest. Uh-huh. If I can get that motherfucker. Are on my you list. listening, hey, Nick? Hey, I've, I've said it like <laughs> three podcasts. I've put it in. I've been like, I want to get this man on my show. Because, like, you, you have a story behind what you do. It yeah. wasn't just because just because it was a story and it helps you grow so like for you to come on my show and to divulge that information and for me to even learn that you you you're attached to aA and yeah. to even be growing cannabis and how I know that that's a fine line yeah you know what I'm saying and you teeter that line very well so yeah. kudos to you my man it's like, yeah. You're, you're, doing, you're doing good. I appreciate man. you, man. I appreciate Absolutely. you. And this is
1: serendipitous, you know, for, not for nothing. Like, if this had happened a year ago, I, I got interviewed by, by Caleb, and it was, I'm just learning how to open up about a lot in my life on a microphone. Yeah, I, you know what I mean? I, exactly. I, have, I have PTSD from hustling my entire life. Yeah. Like, you know, I, like, dude, for real, like, you know, when you're a hustler illegally, you're playing with fire, right? And if you are doing it too out in the open, you get too close to the heat, right? And I almost got burned. So yeah. I, I have PTSD from it. So it's serendipitous in that we're able to have this discussion nice. right now. If this had been a year ago, I feel bad. I was on Kayla's podcast and I was nervous at the time because I knew we were going to talk about legacy stuff. And I, yeah. I'm arriving at a place where it's like, you know, this is where I am. This is my life. This is what it is. That's
0: it. Hey, that's that old growth. That's that, that's old, growth, that, baby. That's that old growth, baby. But <laughs> 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 well, once again, man, thank you for coming out. Can you tell them where to find you at online?
1: yeah 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 so i mean we're old growth vermont uh on instagram you know old underscore underscore growth underscore vermont online we are ogvermont.com baby yeah. and uh, you know we have a bunch of really exciting partners that we work with there's so many beautiful retail spots in the state so go to ogvermont.com
0: and you can find where it's at hey man you should do voiceovers with me man we should put some, we should put something together let's do it <laughs> and now and now the conclusion of the show Nah, hey man! Once again, thank you for coming out, and thank, thank you. you for listening. Greatly appreciate all the people be tuning in. in and we got some big things going on. But y'all keep following my Instagram, stations Chris Podcast on Instagram. Like I told y'all, that pre roll, baby, that pre roll about to come out. I'm about to drop a collab. You know what I'm saying? So this is just the beginning, the first of many. But y'all stay tuned. We'll be featuring in certain dispensaries around the state. Keep 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 your eyes out. You know what I'm saying. Always got something cooking, so y'all keep looking. <laughs> hey, thank y'all for listening, and I appreciate y'all. Y'all know what it is. Y'all stay blazing and stay amazing, and we out. And, that was fucking awesome. <laughs> you like that shit? That was fun as hell. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, like, I love having. I, that's that's what I love doing. Yeah, I love yeah. talking to people. Yeah, yeah. And How love, long was that? Uh, we were. An hour, 56 oh, minutes. And that's why I'm saying? And that's why I ke- like to keep it within yep. that 30, 45. 45 yep. minutes is a sweet spot. Yep. If I hit 45, I'm golden. Oh, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Yep, yep, yep. But if I get to it over an hour, I'm still good because people's attention spans aren't that long anymore. Yeah. So you got to keep it short, sweet. Yep. I'll get a good ass story yep. and then they'll listen. You know Fucking what I'm saying? Right, man. So, Fucking right. Fucking <laughs>
1: Hell oh, yeah, man.